0: hello and welcome to another catholic gateway podcast weekly news update this is your host gabe jones it's been a little bit uh, i know last time i said we were going to be more regular at this and it's already been i think two weeks since i did one of these weekly news updates so i apologize for that i think uh, one week i definitely uh, had um, some uh, vocal issues and uh, you wouldn't have wanted to hear me record a podcast segment that week so we uh, went without it that week, and um, here we are back at it. So uh, let's get right into what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. If you go to archstl.org, you may notice a new look for the Archdiocesan web presence, including its two publications, the St. Louis Review and Catholic St. Louis. The new websites are mobile-friendly, cleaner, and easier to navigate. There's a fun video announcing the unveiling of the new websites on our YouTube page, That's youtube.com slash archstlmedia, no spaces or underlines or anything. So uh, check out our website, archstl.org, for a new look. Last week, Archbishop Carlson issued a memo regarding alkaline hydrolysis, also known as flameless cremation, due to a number of inquiries to the Office of Sacred Worship and Catholic Cemeteries of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Alkaline hydrolysis uses a chemical solution instead of heat to reduce the human body to liquid and bones. After the body has been bathed in the chemical solution for a few hours, the completed process leaves behind a sterile liquid and bone fragments. The liquid solution is disposed of through the sewer system, while the bone fragments are then pulverized into ash and returned to the family. After studying the process in consultation with the Office of Sacred Worship, Catholic Cemeteries of the Archdiocese of St. Louis, and a bioethicist with advanced degrees in both theology and bioethics, Archbishop Carlson has concluded that this form of cremation in its current practice violates the dignity of the deceased human person. The Archdiocese of St. Louis advises Catholics to avoid alkaline hydrolysis until another suitable means of disposing of the liquid remnant can be established. For more information, email communications at archstl.org, and we can help to maybe answer some of your questions or get you connected with the right people. The Archdiocese of St. Louis hosted Papapalooza on Saturday, July 28th at Kenrick Glennon Seminary. The day included Mass with Bishop Rivetuso, dinner by Pisquetis, and a bluegrass and country gospel concert. The event was a local celebration of the World Meeting of Families, which will be held in Dublin, Ireland, August 22nd through 26th. This is the second Papapalooza event hosted by the Archdiocese. The first was held in 2015 in conjunction with the first apostolic visit of Pope Francis to the United States for the World Meeting of Families, which was held in Philadelphia that year. The World Meeting of Families is the world's largest gathering of Catholic families, which has been held every three years since 1994. The theme of the 2018 meeting is The Gospel of the Family, Joy for the World. A group of St. Louisans will be making a pilgrimage to Ireland for the World Meeting of Families in August. So stay tuned for additional coverage of that. The Office of Youth Ministry and Life Teen are partnering for a training day for youth ministers, core team members, and all adult youth leaders. It's called Empower and it will provide an opportunity for prayer and instruction on the best practices for Catholic youth ministry. Empower will take place on Saturday, August 25th at the Cardinal Galli Center. Topics include avoiding isolation, leading small groups, working with parents and families, and more. Please visit stlyouth.org training for more information. A B1 Resource Morning is coming up on August 18th at the Cardinal Regali Center from 8:30 a.m. to 11:30 a.m. in the Florida Lee Room. Best Practices in Parish Vibrancy will be the theme of the event. To register, please visit archstl.org/resource day, or for assistance, please contact Sandy Shaw at 314-792-7047 or email at sandyshaw@archstl.org. Looking for an opportunity to deepen your faith and understanding? On Love and Life, an evening of conversation, wine, and wisdom will take place at the Cardinal Regali Center in the Fleur de Lis room on Thursday, September 20th from 6 to 8 p.m. Please visit archstl.org naturalfamilyplanning to register for this event, which is part of the 50th anniversary celebrations of Humana Vitae. Heavy appetizers, wine, and beverages will be provided. The panel represents various Catholic perspectives on living humane Vitae in today's world. The speakers for this event include Nancy Werner, the Chancellor of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. She will act as the moderator for the evening. Bishop Mark Rivetuso, Auxiliary Bishop of St. Louis. A doctor from Mercy Clinic Fertility Service and NFP witness couples will all be present. So visit archstl.org slash planning all one word to register for this event and for more information.
1: One. 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 Unos. Two. 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 Duos. Three. 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 Tres. One, two, three, four, five. Four. 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 Quatro. Five. 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 Quinque. Quintessentials. Quintessentials. Quintessentials five things you need to know five things you need to know
0: five things you need to know i'll give you five things you need to know that's right these are the five quintessential stories from the st louis review handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week you can find these stories at the website of the st louis review or in the paper dated july 30th 2018 One. 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 traveling and praying 2018 marked the 70th annual Carmel of St. Joseph Novena at the Carmelite Monastery in Ladue. One local woman has attended almost every day of the novenas since it began. St. Louis Review summer intern Joe Slama has this story and joins me in a few moments to share more. Two. 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 Golf state title. Summertime is busy for three young men from St. Louis Priory School being the state's top high school golfers. Peter Weaver and Ben Blaze, members of the Class 3 state championship golf team at Priory, finished 2nd and 10th in the state tournament, and Joe Kenny has this story. Three.
2: Three. Three.
0: An American Tragedy, a documentary screened at Cinema St. Louis on July 22nd, explores the execution of Jeffrey Ferguson and the resulting pain, redemption, and forgiveness. The documentary film focuses on Jeffrey Ferguson, who was executed for the murder of Kelly Hall, Joe Kenny has more on this story. Four, four, four. Bridges Retreat. The Bridges Retreat brings Ignatian spiritual exercises into everyday life. Linda Lieb, a parishioner at Holy Spirit in Maryland Heights, is executive director of the Bridges Retreat Foundation, which offers St. Ignatius of Loyola's spiritual exercises throughout a nine-month program, in which participants learn to pray and meditate on reflections. Jennifer Brinker explains more in this story. Five. 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 St. Joseph Housing Initiative, Archbishop Carlson and the Incarnate Word Foundation announced a new housing initiative that will purchase, rehab, and sell houses in South St. Louis with the goal to stabilize neighborhoods and help families. Joe Kenny was at the press conference on July 25th and explains more in his story this week. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org and follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast news update for this week. And in just a moment, I'm going to sit down with St. Louis Review summer intern, Joe Slama, to talk about the aforementioned story about the uh, lady who has been at 70 years worth of Carmel of St. Joseph Novenas. So that'll be in just a second. But first, here's another segment from Dave Baranowski in the Office of Stewardship, continuing our series about the precepts of the church. And so here's Dave explaining more about stewardship. It may
1: be no surprise to everyone, but most priests don't like talking about money. And unfortunately, when most priests do talk about money, they talk in terms of paying the bills instead of advancing the mission of the Church. The University of Notre Dame actually did a study on Catholic giving back in the summer of 2012, and this was one of the main findings that they, that they discovered, is that when priests do talk about giving, it's infrequently and it's in, in terms of paying bills versus advancing the mission of the, of the Church. So, The key here is we need to have lay people and priests speak more frequently about the great things, the good works that are going on in your parish. The more frequently that we do this, the more we tie the generosity of what is happening and the outreach of our parish mission with our financial giving, it ties these two together and people understand why I am supporting my parish. It's not to pay the bills, but it's to support the ministry and outreach of my parish. What if once a month we said something like this to all the parishioners? Did you know in the month of March that 500 people attend our Mass every Sunday? 100 people attend our Mass every weekday? Do you know that 245 children attend our parish school every day? 125 children attend our PSR every Sunday? Did you know that our Saint Vincent de Paul serves over 20 people a month providing food, rent assistance, and utility assistance as well. Do you know that during the baseball season, over 800 people visit our fields each weekend to participate and play baseball and softball? Thank you, thank you, thank you, because your active participation in our parish ministries absolutely keep our parish alive in Christ. If we gave this kind of information monthly to each of our parishioners, we would be giving, we would providing our parishioners the good news about our parish uh, to spread to everybody. And also then we communicate all the good works that go on so that people can then tie the outreach and mission uh, participation within our parish with our financial support. Again, for more information Visit archstl.org/backslash/stewardship.
0: I have a little saying that I um, came up with. I guess one time was in church and I saw uh, some (laughs) some little old ladies who um, one of them had grabbed the other and pulled them off to the side and said, "Hey, I got to show you something. This is really cool." And pulled out like a bunch of prayer cards holy cards and it just made me think that uh little old ladies with prayer cards is what's going to save the world like that's 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 how things are gonna gonna be okay uh despite all the the madness and chaos and we have uh, an example of basically a little old lady with a prayer card um although i guess in the form of an, of an obina in um this Catherine rozicki am i Re- saying that right yes rozicki uh so uh joe slama with the st louis review the summer intern Uh, did a feature story on Catherine and her dedicated attendance at the Our Lady of Mount Carmel Novena for the past 70 years. That's incredible, Joe. 70 years is longer than you and I, our lifetimes combined.
2: Yeah, well, Catherine's a pretty incredible woman. She, um, she's been going to this uh, ever since she was in her 20s when it started. And it's now kind of a whole event for her and her daughter, her youngest daughter who takes her to this, her baby, as she says. And they stay with a family friend, actually, on the Hill throughout the nine days nowadays. Her daughter, Janine, estimates that they've probably missed just a few days here and there, but they have been present at some point in the course of all 70 of these novenas
0: that's 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 dedication and that's that's really incredible that mm-hmm. to, to keep that up and uh you know you calculated what was it like 630 days because if you calculate nine times the 70 or something like that is that what we come out with like 630 yeah. yeah so i mean that's just that's a lot that's that's an enormous amount of dedication to be showing up year after year after year at this novena like that. And they, she's not even from St. Louis, like you said, That she stays on the hill, but she comes from East St. Louis, right?
2: She's originally from East St. Louis, uh, grew up in Sacred Heart there, and now lives in Belleville and attends Our Lady Queen of Peace.
0: Wow. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned here uh Polish area, and uh, obviously with a name like uh, um, Roziki. Riz- Am I saying that right? Roziki. Roziki, yes. Roziki, a very, very Polish name. So... A long Polish heritage there, I'm sure. But uh, we we'll talk about the novena a little bit then, and, and um, I mean, what's it like for somebody maybe who hasn't been there? What is that like to see the novena and experience the the outdoor mass with the the music and everything? And and uh, and you got to see it a little bit from her eyes too. I think. Mm-hmm. Can you describe that a little bit?
2: Yeah. So I attended the first the first night that I went to this past year, which was in the middle of the week. Um, I did so at the suggestion of the review photographer, Lisa Johnston, and our graphic designer, Abigail Witte, and was just in awe of the beautiful music, uh, the beautiful outdoor mass, just the whole thing was very stunning. Um, And it was actually Lisa who met Catherine and ran over to grab me after mass and dragged me over to them, um, briefly introduced me to them as they got in their car, and they were headed home at the time. But yeah, so I've attended a grand total of two of the nights ever of this novena versus Catherine's impressive 70 years. Um, But she described, her daughter described, and Lisa even described how this used to be an enormous event in the city of St. Louis. They would bus people in from downtown. They'd close off Clayton Road for it. It would be absolutely packed. It was huge, and it still is very, very well attended nowadays, but not so compared to the spectacle that used to be that Catherine's familiar with from decades ago
0: there's uh something i guess i don't know seems like we miss a little bit of that and, and i don't want to get off on a tangent too much but like in today's day and age with these catholic traditions we, we hang on to them and they're still around but like they just don't have i don't know the firepower if you will um that that they used to they're not it's not the spectacle um that it used to be and it's it seems maybe it's a little sad i guess but um I guess in another way I'm also just very glad that we still have these, right? I mean it's a very beautiful tradition that in the summer people can go and experience this 9-day novena and say the, you know, be pr- participants at these masses outdoors on the beautiful grounds in Ladue with the with the Carmelite sisters. But an interesting thing that was in your story was that this isn't actually organized by the sisters, is that right? I mean, this is this is a lay-run um, event. Is that, did I understand that right?
2: The sisters do play a little bit of a role, but almost everything, no, in fact, everything is executed by priests, seminarians, and lay people. Um, both nights that I was there, it was a seminarian who led the rosary. Different group every night does the music uh, prelude that leads into the rosary. Uh, Janine mentioned that that started probably about 10 years ago. And then it's a different priest who says Mass every single night. Um, Monsignor Cronin organizes that. And this year he had them all speak on their favorite image or title of Mary because, of course, this whole novena is centered around Mary. But the whole execution is done by people who, well, aren't cloistered nuns. They do have one of their sisters out there sort of visible in attendance and talking to people every single night. Um, And she mentioned to me that they all make an appearance on the final night of the novena. But other than that, it's all priests, seminarians, and lay people doing the legwork every single night. Wow.
0: That's, that's really incredible that, um, I mean, I guess they just, they just offer the grounds and they have the the space for it. But, um, the dedication by Monsignor Cronin and the seminarians and everyone else who is, who's putting this together really is, uh, quite commendable that, that to keep it going every year, year in and year out. Um, Okay, so before we close out the segment, we obviously need to talk briefly about Our Lady of Mount Carmel and Our Lady under that title. So her feast day is July 16th and this, the novena, does that begin? It ends on her, on her feast day, right?
2: Normally a novena to Our Lady would end on that feast day, typically, but this actually um, just begins around the it time of the feast. It begins
0: around that time. It just depends on how the calendar plays out and everything? Yes. Okay. I
2: assume that the sisters do their own novena, which would end on that day. Again, that's an assumption, but this novena, th- it begins around the time of the feast day.
0: Okay. And so Our Lady of Mount Carmel, though, is unique. Uh, we get the brown scapular from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Uh, did you have to do any more research on Our Lady of Mount Carmel for the story
2: well i've actually i actually covered the carmelites earlier uh, in this month of our lady of mount carmel uh, july 2nd when local sister john paul of the fount of mercy took her first vows with the carmelites uh, not in ladue but in kirkwood and so our lady of mount carmel appeared in the 1200s on mount carmel to saint simon stock at the head at the time the head of the carmelite order who which was a very newborn order at the time and presented him the brown scapular. Now, many Catholic faithful are familiar with the brown scapulars that they wear under their clothing around their neck, um, which is indeed a true brown scapular. But the scapular, the physical scapular that Our Lady presented to Simon Stock actually is part of the Carmelite habit. You can see it draped uh, going down in front of them and behind them as part of of their habit that all Carmelites wear. And Our Lady promised that all Carmelites who die in this scapular would not suffer eternal fire. That is, they would end up in heaven. Um, that said though, the brown scapular that many lay people wear is a way to participate in Carmelite spirituality and in that promise of Our Lady. They're not necessarily like lay Carmelites, third order Carmelites, uh, but it is a way of participating in the graces of that scapular and displaying devotion to Our Lady.
0: It is a great and wonderful tradition. Um, yeah, I've worn a scapular b- pretty consistently, unless it breaks for whatever reason. For you know, I guess it's been since first communion, so over twenty years. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is a neat um, tradition and devotion uh, to have that visible reminder on yourself, even if it it isn't the visible thing, like the Carmelite you might see on a Carmelite habit it's still a reminder to ourselves of our own spirituality and our own mortality and our ultimate destination of heaven. So uh, that is definitely a a neat, uh, neat thing to carry on. So Joe, anything else you want to share about this story and some, I don't know, any, any unique um, uh, happenings or anything? I mean, it must've been fun to talk to, talk to Catherine about her, her 70 years of attending this novena.
2: Yes, it really was. And Catherine is kind of a, you mentioned how, These types of events have changed over the years, and Catherine's sort of a testament to their duration in spite of that change. um, Her friend Debbie, who she stays with uh, when she's in town for this, uh, told me that a lot of Catherine's own devotion, where she gets her deep faith life from, comes from her Polish mother, who she said really ingrained it in her. So we see through Catherine and then learning about where she got it, to begin with from her mother, a very long line um, just of faith in Our Lady and in Jesus Christ. She says she says constantly when talking to her just how she loves Mary. Oh, she's my favorite saint, she says. Um, and just the joy, she, she doesn't speak much. She had to speak through um, Debbie and through her daughter, Janine, when talking to us. Um, she's just not an incredibly verbal person, but when you mention Our Lady, she just goes, oh, that's my favorite saint. I ask her to pray for everybody. So her faith and the history of that faith that she has is very visible and very palpable with her.
0: Little old ladies with prayer cards, that's what's going to save the world, I tell you. I agree, Gabe. (laughs) So if you want to learn more about this story or read more into it, uh, you can check out the St. Louis Review, the edition dated July 30th through August 5th, 2018. And the story, it's uh, the cover story and the Living Our Faith section in the paper by Joe Slama, the St. Louis Review summer intern. Joe, it's been a pleasure having you this summer. This might be the last time I talked to you on the podcast. I think you were on once before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a pleasure having you on as a guest and a uh, pleasure being around the office with you. So.
2: Pleasure's all mine, Gabe. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kappa Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast, just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram under the handle at St. Louis Review. That's S.T. Louis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis.